What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, to be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old, and at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person, I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. and we've been talking ever since. Before we get into that tonight, let's talk about a couple of things that we have coming up. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it, but I can't help but let y'all know. This last weekend of this month, April 30th, I will be supporting the show at Salt Fork State Park at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. If you guys are around, stop by the booth, look for us, look for the shirt. Stop by, say hi, pick up some merch. We'll have some shirts there, business cards, some magnets, usually have a bowl of candy and uh, just stop by the booth say hi and if you have something interesting you want to talk about either let me know about it or sit down and we'll record it right there again july 30th i'll be supporting the show at the michigan bigfoot conference in chelsea michigan and uh again if you're in the area please stop by say hi let me know what you think about the show and if you got something interesting to talk about let's sit down and talk about it then june uh, June 3rd through 5th, Alan, our guest tonight, and myself and several other people will be converging on the Manistee Huron National Forest, or maybe it's the Huron Manistee National Forest, I think it is, 
where we will be doing a three three night camp out, two night camp out in the in the campgrounds there. This is sponsored by Hide and Seek Archives podcast, and uh, from what I've heard, there is going to be a litany of Bigfoot researchers from novice to experienced that'll be converging on that area and we look to uh, sit down with everybody every evening and hopefully be able to get some good good interviews about things that they found throughout the, the day's investigation. Then September September 10th, Dwajak, Michigan, Bigfoot and Brews, my first dip into the pool of Bigfoot conferences. If you have any inkling or desire to go to this, please head over to bigfootandbrews.com. All the information is there. Tickets are on sale. Sponsorships are available. Vendors' spots are still open. Looks like it's going to be a great day. We've got Ron Moorhead speaking. We have James Lady from the Michigan Aboriginal Project will be speaking. Val Zalvala, the gumshoe guy himself, he will be speaking. And then John from episode two and three opening day will be making his first public appearance talking about the experience he had that we highlighted in those episodes. Got special guests, Bodine the Bigfoot will be there for your entertainment. He will most definitely be popping up in your, uh, in any of your pictures. He does have a tendency to photobomb. So He'll be there for the kids if you're bringing kids along. If not, he's great fun for the adults as well. Now, on to tonight's show. Alan's with us. He's got a couple of paranormal experiences, and then uh, we're going to circle back at the end of the episode, and we're going to talk about what he thinks might have been some peripheral-type experiences of possibly being around a Bigfoot. He also sent me some audio from, of all places, TikTok, and uh, when he sent it to me, I, I started laughing because I've, I've seen this, uh, this TikTok going around. I think it's a Russian guy or from someone on that side of the world. Uh, he sounds Russian anyway. I don't want to offend anybody if he's not. But uh, he keeps putting out these videos of, of what looks to be a very cold climate. You can see his breath a lot. And uh, he keeps going up to these... Uh, these wooden barns, I assume they're on his property. He seems to be acting like he's not happy about whatever is taking up residence in these barns. There's a lot of first-person views of things being thrown across the barn. Everything's always in a shadow. You can't ever really see anything. But consistent throughout all these videos, there is a, a noise that is made by whatever this so-called creature is in this barn. And it's always the same. And, and it's, it's almost kind of laughable. And then Alan sends me this, and I, I started chuckling at it. It's like, yeah, I've, I've seen this before. And he's like, dude, I don't want to sound crazy, but this is exactly the sound that I heard outside one night. And I, that kind of floored me. I was shocked because it's been my impression that this, this TikTok was, you know, for, for entertainment purposes only. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe it's legitimate. Um, so we'll circle, circle back around and we'll talk about that some. But for right now, let's bring Alan on. Alan, welcome to Uncomfortable. Thanks for being with us tonight. 
Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, we've had a couple of conversations and you've had some weird things go on, you know, and I know, I know you were worried that, you know, this might not be super, uh, super interesting or, you know, high topic, but you know, not, not every show. I think if you do have every show where every person that you talk to has some kind of phenomenal encounter or, you know, a Bigfoot steps out from behind a tree and waves at you and then turns around and disappears into a portal. I think you run the risk of possibly people looking at you like, man, how's this person get always get these people, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I've kind of prided myself on getting to talk to a lot of people with some really credible, unexplained experiences. And I always tend to call them peripheral experiences, Mm -hmm. things that happen possibly in the presence of, whether it be ghosts or poltergeists or Bigfoot or, and I'm not stating that I think those two are related. They may be, but they may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what you've, you've experienced. And, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So I, I, th- I thought let's, let's get this out on, on tape and, and get this recorded. All right. Um, well, uh, the first thing that ever happened to me, I was about, 20 years old and a buddy of mine and I rented this small house and uh, I lived there from, I think I was 20 and then I turned 21 in the house. So it's around that time period, long time ago. But um, so we rented this one bedroom house and it's pretty cheap. So I said, since he had most of the furnishings that I would take the basement and call that my room, which, you know, it's creepy, creepy old house, but whatever. I wasn't afraid of it. Well, uh, one night I shut all the lights off and I was in bed and just getting to that dream state. And, uh, and I heard from the foot of my bed and a little kid's voice, I heard, hello. And I wake up right away and I just laid there stone totally awake. And, um, and I thought I was hearing something, you know, I thought maybe I was dreaming, maybe my cat meowed weird. And then I heard hello. And I just, was frozen. I, not like sleep paralysis. Just I was I was afraid. It was freaky. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, uh, eventually I ended up falling asleep, and that was over. And I told my friends about it, and they all thought I was crazy. And well, another night, a separate night, we had some friends over, and my girlfriend, who later was my became my first wife, um, we were all over there having a good old time and my girlfriend and I went downstairs and we were just laying on my bed chilling out and we got quiet and chilling out chilling out yeah we were just that's what out. that is that what the kids called it <laughs> that's what they call it yeah <laughs> <laughs> back in the day but um and then out of nowhere we heard hello same boys same tone and uh and she just grabbed a hold of me and she said, oh, my God, you were right. And I said, did you think I was lying? And then again, hello. And we just scooted upstairs and that was it. We wanted nothing to do with that. I told my roommate, I'm done. I'm not sleeping in the basement anymore. And uh, and that, that kind of quieted out. And then not long after that, my roommate would tell me how when I wasn't there, he would hear like 
little kid's footsteps running through the house. And I'm, and I thought maybe he was feeding into it, but then, you know, one day I came home from work and he said, uh, like our back stairs had, you know, a short, maybe five stairs to a landing, which went out the back door and then another five stairs that went down the basement. Well, the back door and the door to the stairs from the kitchen both locked. So I, one day I came home from work and he says, why did you uh, come home and let lock my dog in the stairs? And I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I, I didn't do that. He said, well, the door was locked. Somebody had to manually lock it and my dog was in the stairwell. So I had no answer for him. And we just uh, attributed that to whatever was going on in the house. From that point, I assume your roommate was, even though you, you indicated that everybody kind of acted like you were crazy or you were hearing things or whatever, you know, after the, Mm -hmm. the little kid speaking, were you getting the impression from him that he was taking this kind of more in a, in a serious light? Yes. Yes. After he started experiencing a few strange things, then he, yeah, he took it more serious and he knew I wouldn't lie to him about anything but uh definitely wouldn't screw with this dog yeah that, that would be that's not a very good you know, I wouldn't do that yeah i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't do anything to upset an animal yeah it was really interesting back to the back to the basement you know the experience mm-hmm. you had by yourself and then again with your um uh, girlfriend, your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. have you ever have you ever given any thought to you know kind of like a, a timeline uh what hour of the night did it happen and did both occurrences happen at, at like the same time of night? I really hadn't thought of that, but I mean, they both would have been pretty late. I mean, I was 20, so I'm sure I was going to bed pretty late. I done when my gal and I were down there, um, you know, we were partying, so it was probably pretty late again. I, I couldn't give you an exact time. I guess what's going through my head is, you know, you, you indicated on both occasions that you heard the name you, or you heard the voice and then there was mm-hmm. a little bit of time and you heard it again. It happened the first time and then it happened the second time with your girlfriend down there as well. Yep. Um, it almost, it almost sounds to me like a, uh, a residual residual. That's what I think. Haunting, you know, like it was, it was, it was happening regardless of whether you were there or not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really something that was trying to interact with you as much as it was just playing back something from a, a specific time. No, but I tell you, I do like, like I said, it's been a while. I mean, it's 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that crystal clear and both times the voices were near to where I was. And um, the second time with, with my girlfriend and I had moved my bed the second time. So I was in a totally different location in the basement and, and the voice sounded like it was near to the bed, like not right next to me, but like I said, the first time was like at the foot of my bed is how I uh, interpreted it. Mm -hmm. And the next time it was near the foot of the bed, it was, it was weird. Didn't come close. You know, it's not like it came to the side of me, which that would have been freaking. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it's it's nice that you had validation of having your girlfriend yes. down there and her her experience in it as well. Yes, absolutely. Because some of the other stuff that uh, happened in my life, I really didn't have a second person 
there. I mean, mm-hmm. one one thing, but yeah, that was nice. Validation was nice. Yeah, I had I had gone through a couple of experiences that I've talked about in other episodes here in the house um, shortly after my dad died. Mm. Oh yeah, I I was pretty much experiencing everything on my own, and you know I've always been pretty well established in my head that I am not prone to uh, fantasizing or making stuff up or calm under pressure. I think I've always handled myself pretty well. And that was, those were, those were some things that really kind of made you question, you know, what's, what's, what's going on here? (laughs) Did I really, did I really just experience that or, you know, and then you, you kind of start, going through your head trying to figure out you know i mean is is there a possibility that you know i misinterpreted something or or what and mm-hmm. you know thankfully at one point uh, the woman that i ended up marrying she she had spent some time here uh alone and she experienced some things as well and mm-hmm. when when i got that validation from her i was like okay all right, now I can, now I can quit questioning myself and start focusing on there is actually stuff going on here that it, it kind of culminated, um, at the time that we were moving out of the house, we had a friend of ours who was on my paintball team. Mm -hmm. He had come over, he'd helped us start carrying stuff out of the house. And I asked him to come into the one room and help me take part. Uh, I had a really big California King waterbed and I had it, had it all drained, but it was like set up on a pedestal and it had all kinds of drawers and stuff. And so I had him helping me take it apart. He leaned over and he's like, Hey man, um, I'm going to help you finish this up. And then I'm going to go over to the apartment and I'm going to wait for you guys to get there. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's not helping a lot. You know, and he's like, nope, when you get there with the truck, I'll unload everything. I'll take it upstairs. I'll get it for you. It's like, but you got like stuff going on here. And I I stopped and I looked at him. I'm like, what do you mean? And he just kind of looked at me and he was really, really very matter of fact. And he said, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And he just kind of wiggled his eyebrows and kind of like looked up into the ether, you know? <laughs> and oh, I was no. like, I was like, holy shit, you, you sense that? And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's get this done. <laughs> so I, so I can get the fuck out of here and I was right. to the apartment and I was like, holy shit. He really, he picked up on it. Cause that wasn't something that we went around, you know, just, willy nilly telling everybody about that, you know, mm. I mean, but he, man, he picked up on it and he was, he was done. He was like, I, I love you. I'm going to help you. And, but I'm going to be on the other end. I'll be over at the apartment. I'll see you, <laughs> see you when you get there. And sure enough, he was there and he <laughs> stayed till like one o'clock in the morning, unloading that truck and pulling everything out, putting it in the new apartment, but he didn't want any part of being in here. So did, did he see anything or nope, never, never, never said he saw anything. Never really, to be honest with you, he never really, really wanted to engage in the conversation about it. 
Yikes. I think he, I think he said everything he needed to say and <laughs> that, that was it. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, I, validation again, I had, uh, shortly, maybe a year prior to, to us leaving here, um, I had a guy who had moved in with me. It was a close friend. We had gone to school together for years and his mom was going through some, uh, early stage dementia stuff and it was getting really hard. His, his brother was like 15 years older than him. I think he was, I think my friend was a mistake, you know, as far as they weren't intending to have him, but, um, his dad had passed away when he was a lot younger and, and his mom was, you know, quite a bit older than the rest of our moms were. Um, and she was, she was dealing with some early dementia and he just was, he didn't know how to deal with it. So he asked me if he could move in here and I said, sure. You know, and I figured at some point I was going to let his mom know that, you know, he was with me. So she wasn't worried about him. And, you know, um, mm -hmm. I came home one night and I had worked at a bar. I was a bouncer at a bar and. Uh, I'd come home at about two thirty in the morning after closing. I decided not to go after, uh, after work to go have drinks anywhere. I just came home and all the lights on the house were turned on. Living room lights were on, bedroom lights were on, garage light was on. And I was pissed. I was like, yeah, damn, it look, looked like you're, you know, trying to land a plane at the South Bend regional airport, you know, all the lights <laughs> on. And I came inside and, uh, I said, man, what the hell are you doing? And then I noticed that he had my 44, um, revolver sitting on the, the arm of the couch. And I said, why do you have my gun out? And he had been dabbling in a little bit, a little bit of pot, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I warned him when he came, when he came to stay with me, I said, you don't bring those people here. Nobody knows where you live. I don't want that shit. I don't want it. Right. It's, it's not happening here. You want to deal with that stuff? You go someplace else and do it. You don't bring it here. And that was the initial thing. I was like, I saw the gun and I started immediately thinking, oh shit, man, he got himself in some deep trouble. And, and now these people are, he's worried about people coming to the house. And, and uh, that wasn't it at all. He was, he was freaked out. He said, couple hours ago, I heard the kitchen door open. I heard somebody walk through the kitchen. I said, Hey man, you're home early from work. And you never answered me. And he said, I looked over to the, to the corner where the uh, doorway from the kitchen leads into the living room. And he said, I saw somebody, but you could see through it. Yeah. And he said, it turned and walked down the hallway and went into your mom and dad's bedroom. And, Yikes. and he says, Oh, and I forgot to tell you, uh, the, it didn't open the door when it walked through the bedroom. <laughs> and he's like, I can't do this. And I, you know, I, there was, a, there was a long discussion and it's like, you know, you're full of shit. Are you high? You know, have you been drinking? <laughs> right. And, uh, he was, he was firmly convinced that he saw something somewhat see-through smoky, walk through that doorway, walk wow. down the hallway and then walk through the door of my mom and dad's old bedroom. And the next day I had to go out of town. <laughs> I got back. I had to leave really early. This, this weekend sucked because I, I got home from working at the bar. I had to get up at like six thirty in the morning to go up to Grand Rapids 
for uh, techniques, techniques and alcohol man- management. It was called TAM training. And anybody who was serving drinks to patrons and bars had to go through this class oh, okay. um, to learn how to deal with people and how much you, you know, learning how to assess somebody's weight, how many drinks they've had, you know, in a certain period of time. Should they be cut off? Should, you know, should you quit serving them? Hmm. Is it time to call them a taxi? It was all kinds of stuff. So I had to go to that. I came back home and it was late. It was probably eight o'clock that night. And uh, I came in the house and hoppy, goddamn, every, every bit of his stuff was gone. (laughs) Gone. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, he was serious. Wow. Yeah. Again, more, more validation that, you know, the things that I had experienced were, were in fact actually happening. And, and that goes a long way from being a person who experiences something when somebody else can validate the same things that you're going through. Um, Yes. That that's a, that's a big plus for an experiencer. Yep. I I totally agree. And I mean, I had, yeah, that was nice to have validation and I had a little bit of validation on my other, um, paranormal experience, kind of not, yeah, it's hard to explain to you, but I'll, I'll tell the story and it'll kind of make well, sense. Before you, before you get yeah. into that, I just want to ask, I, I want to ask one question and you know, I'm not being mm-hmm. judgy or anything, but, no. um, as far as you, your girlfriend, your, your roommate, were any of you guys dabbling in any, you know, occult type stuff was, you know, was she trying to be a witch or was were you guys using a, a Ouija board just for the funsies and, you know, having parties and doing stuff like that with my girlfriend and myself? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think he did. I, I can't see him ever do anything like that. You know, it, it wouldn't have been anything like that. No, I definitely would okay. never have done that. No way. Okay. Yeah, Not that I'm a prude. I just, I don't, I didn't want anything to do with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Very weird. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and unnerving because I mean, if you were so, so smitten with the idea that it was a child's voice, that, Mm -hmm. that in itself is kind of heartbreaking. You know, that that, that was, that was odd. And I kicked myself now because, search that house or anything and and i guess i could do it now because now we're in the information age and we have the internet just to see Mm -hmm. if anybody's ever passed away in that house i mean i'm sure somebody has but anyways i never researched it yeah you know it's something to do it'd be interesting i mean Mm -hmm. i wouldn't put a whole lot of effort behind it i'm sure it could get frustrating at some point but yeah Yep, so let's which, move on to your let's move on to your next uh, encounter. Uh, so the timeline on this one would be about 2011. Um, I, after my divorce, I rented this house from a friend for a while, and my oldest son lived with me full time, and my youngest son was, of course, part time because my old son was an adult, but. Um, so we moved in this house. It's just a house in my neighborhood, not far from my home now. And um, nothing special, just an old house in, in my town. Um, well, 
So we get moved in. Everything's fine. We don't have any problems. And one night, I I tucked my youngest son into bed. And just a side note, it was a really weird house. Like um, where my bedroom was, it was a decent bedroom. But you had to walk through my bedroom to get to the back bedroom where my youngest son was. And um, So I tucked him in. And I went back out in the living room, sat on the couch to watch TV. And immediately I heard him kind of not yell, but he kind of did like, ah, like that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hmm. So I, I back up, I walked in there and I said, did you just yell? And he says, yeah. And I'm, well, what's the matter? And he's on the top bunk. And uh, he says, will you look on my bottom bunk? That's what I do. And I'm like, okay. He goes, well, what's there? I go, just all your crap, you know, your toys. And this is a, tough little kid he doesn't you know he doesn't cry when he gets hurt and he's not a big baby and i when i told him that it was just his toys immediately tears he didn't like you know start bawling but tears just started running out of his eyes and you know i'm I'm like what's the matter bud and um he says when i walked out he said it was like if something was hanging off the bottom of his top bunk let go and fell onto the bottom bunk, and then this whole bed shook. I'm like, oh. Um, so I got him out of there. You know, I said, do you want to just sleep in my bed? And he said, yes. And so we did, and I shut his door and left the hallway door open so he could see me on the couch. And, and then he was he was fine. Um, you know, I don't really have to make of that, but... Um, Scary as hell for a little kid. Yeah, because he was like, I think he was 10 and um, 10 or 11, and yeah, it freaked him out. He didn't just make of it. Um, and then the uh, the next thing that happened at the house, one night, there I was, sound asleep, and my then 18-year-old son came in, and woke me up in a panic, and he's like, Dad, Dad, you got to come out here. Something just happened. It freaked me out. And I'm like, what? And he says, it was like a sound, like if a helicopter flew over, you know, that doom, doom, doom sound. He says, but it was coming from the floor. And I, you know, so right away I'm trying to debunk it. So I'm like, there's got to be an explanation. I said, do you think it's just the sound of the cars going down the road, you know, that doom, 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 He says, nope, I thought of that. I said, okay, so I go down to the creepy basement to survey the, you know, see what's going on. I looked in the uh, washer and dryer. They were empty. Nobody had done any laundry. Looked in the basement. There's, I looked at every inch. There was nothing down there. Nobody, nothing. Couldn't explain it. Eventually, you know, he was calm, went to bed. I went to bed. And then, um, and so that smoothed over, and for a while there was nothing happening. And um, these next two things, I can't remember if they were the same night. I think they might have been the same night. But I was home alone, and I was making myself something to eat, um, seeing in the kitchen, and probably, I don't know, six feet from where I was, there was a living room lamp. And I'm cooking dinner, TV's on. Also, I hear click, and a lamp is on. Oh. Uh, 
uh, I couldn't make heads or tails of that. You know, I thought, okay, maybe last time somebody shut the lamp off, they turned it a little too far and it was just, you know, on the verge of going again. I don't know. But it happened. I mean, I heard the click and the light was on. So you actually heard the switch, the switch on the lamp mm-hmm. click. Yeah, I mean, it was like six feet from me. I could totally hear it, yep. It was a click, just like somebody reached up and turned a little knob, you know? Hmm. And, uh, yeah, really weird. And I tried to debunk it. What did you do at that point? I think I said, what the fuck is that? And But then <laughs> I tried to, <laughs> I was like, uh, maybe it's nothing, you know? I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for it. And I went with that. Made me feel better. So I could eat my dinner in peace. And uh and then eventually I'm I'm at the couch eating dinner. I mean, you know, guys don't sit at tables, they sit in front of the TV and watch and eat dinner. And um so to lay out this kitchen is it's a really weird house. It used to be a, a bait shop year when I was a kid, there was an old man that lived there and it was a bait shop. Mm-hmm. But um so this kitchen's like really long, hardwood floors. And then there's a side door that you can go downstairs or go out of the house. And that was the main entrance, really. Well, so I'm sitting there, sitting on the couch eating dinner. And no doors moved, nothing like that. But um, it was as if somebody did walk through that door and stomped on the floor up to me like they were pissed at me. And, it, yeah, it, and that must have been the sound that my son heard because – you know, it was that rhythmic boom, 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 right up to me. Yeah. And I just stopped eating and looked in that direction. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to say it. And I go, look, I don't know if you're a ghost or what, but this is my house now. And you have to leave us alone. And then with chills on my arms, I turned back and looked at the TV and ate my dinner, looking out of the corner of my eye and Nothing else happened. It just, oh, that's all the farther it went with that. Yeah. It was freaky. <laughs> when you heard the, when you heard the stomps coming towards you, um, do you remember what was, could you feel any vibration in the floor? Or I could feel the thumping. You, yeah. Could you really? Yeah. It was weird. And it wasn't like, you know, like the sound of, it's hard to explain. It wasn't like the sound of like hard sole shoes. It was like, Almost if somebody was barefoot stomping, you know? Yeah. Didn't have that click to it. It was just a thud. Yeah. yeah I, I tried to debunk it. There's there's nothing to debunk. There was nothing happening. I don't know. That's, that's that was a weird-ass house. And I yeah. asked the guy who owns it, I'm like, has anybody ever said anything to you about this house being haunted? And he said, no. Nope. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. And, uh, he said, no, nope, never had a problem. I'm like, well, and you know, uh, and without, did he laugh? Uh, did he laugh or, you know, oh, or was no, it just, I don't think he just really a, laughed. He just, no, why? And I'm like, cause I had some shit happen, dude. I go, this is a freaky ass house. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this is weird. And you know, I don't know. I was trying not to be hokey back then, but I thought, the only thing I could think that would make sense is like, you know, from watching ghost shows in the past, 
they would say things like, if you do construction at the house, mm-hmm. um, that sometimes stirs things up. Well, we did just do, because I'm a plumber, and um, and I was helping him work on his house, because they had to remodel the bathroom was trash, you know, it was an ancient house. Bathroom was trash, we did some stuff in the kitchen, I completely replumbed this whole place. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on there. But yeah, that's he, that's a possibility. Yeah. In fact, um, I recently, uh, back around probably around Christmas, the uh, the gentleman who was living next door to me um, passed away. Um, and without all, all due respect to to that family, um, he he took his own life. Oh, that's too bad. Um, he he was getting up in age. He was he was ninety, I believe, or very close to it. Um, wow. He was he was struggling with uh, Alzheimer's, um, mm. and uh, unfortunately, he he ended up shooting himself in front of. And, and I'm going to say this, but I, I think, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say it. Um, he, he was in the act of doing it as one of his children, adult children, um, walked into the room that he was in. Oh, man. Um, so, you know, I, I want to believe that he wasn't doing it intentionally in front of that child. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that he was, he was either having a moment of clarity and realized he didn't want to live like this anymore and decided to, to end it. Or he was in a state of mass confusion, not realizing that that kid was there and just decided to do it. So, um, it, it was, it was a sad thing all the way around. And, uh, you know, the, the family, uh, the kids they ended up getting the house cleaned out and uh so (laughs) a new neighbor moves in household relatively quickly imagine that in today's economy um (laughs) and and that gentleman was out raking his yard a couple of days ago and i just happened to be taking my trash out i looked over at him said hey how you doing neighbor shook hands introduced ourselves started having a, a little bit of a conversation. He said he had been talking to one of the other neighbors and who was giving him the lowdown on all the weirdos in the neighborhood and everything. <laughs> and, um, he said, you know, the guy was kind of acting like he's the mayor, mayor of this neighborhood. And I said, yeah, oh boy. He's, he's something else. But, uh, you know, we started talking and he, uh, he started talking about the house that he had lived in previously. And, he he basically like just kind of threw it out there and he's like i found out you know after i purchased this house i found out what actually happened to the owner of it and i wasn't very happy about it because i thought they were supposed to disclose that kind of stuff and he says i already went through a bunch of shit in my other house and i really wasn't interested in dealing with that here and you know my ears kind of perked up (laughs) at that point but i didn't want to jump on it you know immediately just you know, 10 minutes after meeting this guy. 
Right. And uh, we continued to talk, and he brought it up again. Mm. And I kind of, I kind of started chuckling, and I couldn't help it. But and then I noticed on his face, he started looking like he was getting a little miffed. And oh. I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't misunderstand. I said this is just a really weird um, synchronicity. I said because coincidentally, I do a <laughs> podcast, right. and I. And he said, really, you do? And I said, yeah, actually I do. And it's, you know, on these types of subjects. Uh, super nice guy. And when he found out that I do this show and I talk about this stuff, um, he started to tell me in detail the things that were happening at that home prior to moving here. You know, so hopefully um, I, I encouraged him with a couple of beers and I said, uh, you know, if, if you, if you don't mind, uh, you know, the beers are on me and, uh, we need to sit down and, and talk about this and, uh, record an episode based on, on the things that you had. He agreed. He said, yeah, absolutely. Oh, hell so, yeah. Um, hopefully that'll be coming up here fairly shortly. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it's like, what are, what are the odds that a guy <laughs> who does a paranormal podcast would have somebody move in right next door and within five minutes of talking to him, you find out that they had previously lived in a haunt, <laughs> you know, a, a house that was haunted as hell and, you know, like literally had stuff flying through the air and stuff. That's so, perfect. Uh, I was like, wow. But he said so far the house that he's in now where the gentleman uh, killed himself, he said nothing has made itself known or doesn't seem to be apparent there. So thankfully for him, uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't excuse not having that disclosed though. No, no, no. Yeah. They should totally do that. No, that's too bad, though. So, but, yeah, it, it, tragic story. And, well, I'll tell you that this house that I have, the last house I was just talking about, I there was quite a few nights because, like, I would, you know, I was plumbing that on as a side job. So I would be working there at night, and there's a lot of times I'm there by myself, and ah, I wasn't letting my imagination get the best of me, but it was a little creepy in that house. I, I kind of felt like, all right, that's enough for tonight. <laughs> Sun's yeah. going down, I'm out. That was a freaky house. And I had to actually, God, I wanted to ask the lady. I had to go back there to fix the the uh, sh- tub and shower cartridge, uh, valve cartridge. Mm-hmm. Living there and a couple young kids. And, man, I just so bad wanted to ask them. So have you had any weird stuff happen here? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I didn't. You know, I didn't want to freak them out, make them worry. Yeah, that's, that's taking the high road for sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to I think- know so bad. Yeah. But, you know, I think uh, for whatever reason, I think people are more open to things than other people. You know, I think there are some people that can live in a location that might have activity that simply just don't see it. I, yeah, I, I believe that. I And I, I didn't want, when I told that one, when I said, you know, whatever, if you're a ghost or whatever, you have to leave us alone. That's the only time I addressed anything that's ever happened to me. I mean, like verbally. Like the little yeah. kid's voice, nothing. I didn't uh-huh. say anything. I didn't want, you know, I just didn't want anything to do with it. It was too weird. I agree. It is yeah. weird. Um, it sounds like your experiences, though, are um, somewhat similar. Uh, in Your response to those experiences is somewhat similar to what I've experienced in my life. And it's I've never really had anything that has, like, put – the scare into me. 
right where i was where i was like holy shit i gotta get out of here this is i can't deal with this mm -hmm. it's it's always been well that's unusual that's weird and even when i came to terms with that what i was experiencing was from the other side it still wasn't anything that ever made me fearful of being here right you know it was mm -hmm. i could do without this <laughs> yeah right could do, i certainly could do without this my life would be just as fulfilled as if this stuff wasn't happening as if it is but it wasn't anything that was you know god awful terrifying and you know caused me to lose sleep or made me afraid to be in my own house um <laughs> and you know I, I guess that's that's probably that's probably you wouldn't know it by the shows we watch on tv with the different paranormal stuff, but that's probably more typical than people being terrified to be in their home. Yeah. I mean, I'd never witnessed like anything being thrown or anything like that. It was pretty, I think it's pretty mild stuff that happened to me, which I'm okay with. I, I don't want anything crazy. Knock on wood. Nothing's happened to me at this house. This house is old. What you did experience with the other places, was that enough to um, rectify in your mind that there is there still a question of, you know, what you what you heard, what you what you experienced, was it or wasn't it? Or is that is that reconciled in your brain that okay, there is something beyond what oh, we I'm, see? Yeah, I absolutely believe there's something beyond what we see. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty clear to me. I mean, like hearing a voice that there was nothing there. There was nobody there. We didn't have kids yet. You know, I mean, there was, there was nothing there. There shouldn't have been a voice that there was something going on. And like I say, it wasn't like nobody was playing a trick on me. There was no speaker in the basement. I mean, this is right at the foot of my bed. Yeah. You know, it was eye opening. Well, there was another experience you talked to me about, and and it, it, that was that was pretty compelling, uh, and you were involved in it to some extent, but it it pretty much uh, circled around your father, right? Yeah. Yep. Am, am I am I on the right track here? Is this what was coming next? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He actually has has told me a couple different things that's happened to him. The one I think you're thinking of is the the big one. Mm-hmm. You want me to tell you that? Say that one. What you start out wherever you want. Well, just to go timeline wise, um, he back when he was a kid, I, I think he was said he was twelve. Um, he was really close to his grandma, and, and she was, you know, at the end of her life, and she was dying, and she finally passed away, and he was pretty upset by it, and um, and he went out to his older sister's car. She was driving at the time. And he just sat in her car and he cried and the window was down. It was a summertime. And he described it to me this way. He said, you know how if someone were to kiss you on the neck, just before that you would feel their warm breath. He felt warm breath, a kiss on his neck, which he immediately sat up and he heard, it'll be all right, Alan. And he freaked out and ran in the house, you know, as mm. a kid would. And then, you know, that's all he really told me of the story, but he was freaked out by it. And he said he remembers it as like it happened yesterday. 
Wow. Now the other those kind of ex- those those kind of experiences they do hang with you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you would think you would think if it was something that you're possibly misinterpreting or you know your your body wasn't or your brain wasn't completely sure that it is what you're saying you think it is um, th- that that would fade. Mm-hmm. And and they don't. No. The stuff that's happened to me, I mean I remember it. Even the one that when I was 20, I remember that just perfectly. Yeah. I forget a lot of people's names, but I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a strange thing. It does it does stay with you. What what else happened with him? Well, quite a ways back, um it was in 2000. Um my cousin's husband took his own life. And it was a long story. I mean, I had to tell her that it happened and it was just gut wrenching. You know, it was really, really sad. The next day, everybody's in mourning and we all came together and my dad was there cause he's pretty much. But you, you were the one that had to break the news to her. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And her children that sucked. That was hard. But, um, and my dad was, you know, he was there checking on everybody, comforting. He's kind of the, the dad for everybody, and he's the patriarch and um, to an extent. And, uh, well, he told me he was going to go see his his wife at uh, work. Well, he came back, and he immediately said to me, I need to talk to you right now. I was going to the backyard. I'm like, uh, okay. And so we go back there, and he says, I don't know if this really just happened or if I'm losing my fucking mind and uh, I'm going to change the name here just to be protective. He said, I don't know if this really happened or if I'm losing my fucking mind. He goes, but I was coming back going past the park. And he said, and I felt really strange and I looked at my passenger seat and he said, and there was Bob sitting there as real as you are to me right now. And he said, and everything in the background was almost a greenish yellowish tint to it. And everything was going extremely slow motion. And he says, and I just looked at him and he had the saddest face and just said, I'm so sorry. And my dad just, he spoke to him. He spoke. He said, I'm so sorry. And my dad just had to look away. And he says, as soon as I looked away, everything went back to normal. It's going normal speed. He says, I don't know what that was about, but it was so real. Wow. Yeah. Now, what was your, what was your dad's relation to Bob? Um, that is my, my cousin who's my a year older than me. That was her husband. But he was, I mean, he had been part of the family for a very long time. We all loved him. Yeah. Mm. And this this happened on the the same, this happened on the same day, right? Technically, yes, because I think he, I think he committed suicide. It must have been about two or three. I mean, I got there about three in the morning and it was, you know, 
cops had been there by then. So I was the first one there after the cops. And um, so, yeah, the deed was already done. But um, the thing was, he had described him to me. And he says he had this blue and white striped shirt on and he had a crew cut. And he says, and I don't ever remember him having a crew cut. And I said, I'm like, dad, uh, you know, back in the day, probably, I don't know, probably 98 around there. We both went and got crew cuts. I said, don't you remember? I had that military cut for a while. And he goes, oh yeah, I guess I do kind of remember that. And, uh, well, coincidentally at the funeral, he says, do you see the shirt that he's wearing in the casket? And I said, yeah. He goes, that's what he was wearing in my truck. I'm like, are you shitting me? I was, I was just really weird, you know. But he appeared to him is not in the form that he currently was. He not in the exact him. form, he, no. His hair was different. <clears throat> Which maybe he, I don't know, maybe he self-identified with that haircut, you know. Yeah. Maybe that was a happier time for him. Maybe. But he said it was, a, he had a really sad face. Like he really was in deep regret, you know, like that really sad. That, that'd be a tough one to, that'd be a tough one to get back out of the car from. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, that's the only times he's ever had experiences like that. <laughs> of course I said to him, I said, you know, maybe you're like that kid in Sixth Sense and you see dead people all the time and you just don't know it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a bizarre thing to at some point find out that, you know, just driving in your car, going down the street, you know, yeah. going downtown or wherever you're at and you see seeing people walking down the sidewalk and whatever um, and to find out that some of what you're the you only one that sees it were people that have already. Uh, yeah that had already passed on. You'd have to like poke everybody you went to have a conversation with just to make sure they're really there. <laughs> that creepy old guy <laughs> keeps poking people. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't see him. Well, and there was, I mean, it might not mean anything. I told you this before, but, um, so the very next work day for me, the day I went back to work, I was working with a, a guy who's a newer guy. I hadn't worked with him yet. And we went to a, uh, to work for a new contractor. So we go there and, uh, and he introduces himself and he introduces me and he says, this is Alan, but he likes to be called big daddy, which is really weird. I'm like, why would you say that? You don't even know me. And, uh, and I just kind of let it go. And then when we stopped for lunch, we're eating our lunches. And I said, I asked him, why did you say that? He goes, I don't know. He goes, it just kind of came to me and I said it. I said, because my cousin's husband who just passed away, that's what we called each other. There was three of us that call each other and two of us still do it. But uh, the three of us, we always said big daddy when we see each other, you know? And I go, I don't know. It gave me, you know, maybe I'm making it up, but it gave me a little comfort. You know, like maybe that was his way of saying goodbye to me. That that's a, that's an odd. I mean, I, I get, I get guys that work together have nicknames for each other, but that's yeah. That's we weren't that we weren't there. Be the same phrase that and big calling each other big daddy. That that's not mm-hmm. a super common no, endearment no. that that guys have. And for we weren't each other. there. I mean, we you know yeah we're on a first night basis, but 
we didn't really know each other yet, this guy and I. And so it was, it was very odd for me to hear him say that. Yeah, that's interesting. So I take a little, a little comfort in that. Well, yeah, I, I would too. I would too. That's, and that was that was all relatively within the same time that that all of this had happened. Oh yeah, that was the the death happened on technically Wednesday, and now I so then I was off work Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. No, I'm sorry. It was technically Thursday because it happened at you know two or three o'clock in the morning. So I was off Thursday and Friday, and then I went back to work Monday. Pretty sure that was the day. And um, so that and that's the first day back. That's when it happened that he said that. So um, it was like within days. That was weird. Like I said, I just told you before. I said, well, I've had a couple of weird stories that have happened to me. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I mean, again, I go back to this. Uh, you know, not everybody has this incredible sighting or full-bodied apparition pops out in front of them, or they mm-hmm. walk walk out of a room and get you know three scratches across their back from a <clears throat> demon or anything like that. There's you know, I think there's something to be said for the the less uh, uh, the the less obtuse type of encounters, and these things are just they're like what real people encounter, yeah. you know, these aren't, yeah. these aren't stories that are being, um, filmed for a, a TV show where they have producers that say, Oh, okay. When this happens to you, everybody go, Oh, <laughs> did you see that? You know? So, right. You know, to me, they're, they're a little more, they're a little more credible, a little more legitimate, I think. And yeah, they're organic. It's just things that happen. Agreed. You know, just try to make sense out of it. Now we started our uh, friendship, I guess you can call it friendship, um, in a different topic, and and that topic was primarily Bigfoot. We had our our first conversation at a at a Bigfoot conference this past July. You had indicated to me that you had found my podcast, which I thought was phenomenal. I, yeah. I, I don't know that if I don't know that I've ever apologized to you if. When you first came up and introduced yourself, I, I think I was pretty much gobsmacked and probably slack-jawed with my, my jaw on the floor when you came up to me because I'm pretty sure my son had to push me in the shoulder and say, hey, you, you might want to say something to him instead of just staring at him because I, it was – it was uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have that impression at all. I, I, was, I was floored. I mean, this, this was – you were literally the first person that had – not that had reached out to me, but the first person that I had met face to face that mm-hmm. told me that you enjoyed the show and and I was I was floored by it. I really was. And and to find out that you and and your uh, your lady friend had had traveled uh, a good couple of hours to to meet oh, me. Yeah. Um, that was just that was that was that was a really um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, even now I have a hard time describing the, the feeling that it was. I mean, it was like that legitimately made me feel really good about what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of 
kind of propelled me to to believe that I was on the right path and 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 so far what I had been doing up to that point had been uh, it was again it was a validation you know I mean mm. I, knew, I knew that I was having people listen to the show but I was like even though I was having people listen to the show I was like yeah they probably think it sucks and they're just waiting for the shoe to fall and you know find some reason not <laughs> to listen to it anymore and uh, so that it was a that was a that was an eye-opening experience for me, but that's that's what, pretty much how we started uh, communicating and becoming friends. Yeah, I told my girlfriend, I said, "Hey, I want to talk." She goes, "Well, what do you want to look at?" And I go, "I want to go talk to those guys." I said, "I follow him." I said, "I like his podcast. He's he's near us." I said, "So that's great." So let's go talk to him, and then we chatted forever. Yeah, we did talk for quite a while. In fact, I think yeah. a couple other people had come up to the booth, and uh, and I. I, I Unfortunately, I probably ignored them because we had gotten into uh, such a discussion. So, oh yeah, gosh, your son was telling me his, some of his stuff. And yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So you've had you've had some things that uh, kind of fall in line with what a lot of people report being around Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, some weird, couple of weird things. Well, uh, the first one, which you were kind of talking about earlier. Um, so the gal that heard the hello with me, we ended up getting married. And um, one night we were out with some friends and we came home and it was pretty late. You know, we'd been out. Well, we lived out quite a ways out. and We had six acres and, and the house sat back off the road a little bit. I'm just trying to describe it. But, um, and, you know, back in the early nineties, we just had like a, 60 or 100 watt incandescent bulb by the back door and so we walked to the side i mean side door and we walk up there and i'm kind of fumbling with my keys a little and based on where the sound sounded like it was coming from i could only describe as about where i think the property was cleared up to the woods so it wasn't very far from where we were but the light did not reach there mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, loudly, we hear what for years I just described as like the Hollywood version of what an Indian's war cry would be, you know, not to yeah, yeah. offend anybody, but, um, you know, is that, ay, 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 ay. and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I'm now I'm really fumbling with my keys and I, I unlock the door and we run inside real quick and I slam the door and I'm looking out there, can't see anything. So I run around to the bedroom, which was on that same part of the house, that same side of the house, our bedroom. I grab my mag light that I always kept in my room and I look out there and I see nothing. So I'm like, I don't know if somebody was just messing with me, you know, there was a stalker. I don't know. I don't know. It was freaky. Had no explanation for it. Um, Coincidentally, right after that, I ran some wire and put a street light out in the backyard up on a tree. Good move. <laughs> One of those big uh, mercury lights, mm-hmm. the old-fashioned kind. But, um, so, you know, I would tell my friends about it. Kind of forgot about it for years and years. And then that's when I, I can't remember exactly who posted the, the that video the first time I saw it. It was on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking through and I see this thing. This guy's going up to his barn. I'm like, What's this guy doing? And I think you're right. I think he's Russian. And all of a sudden, whatever's in there goes, ay, 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 ay. And I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, my God. 
that's what I heard. And I've got, I've got that audio keyed up. Let's, let's play that real quick. Okay. Now, as I indicated at the beginning of the program, I've, I've seen this video on TikTok, um, mm-hmm. and, and there's been multiple videos, um, I don't know how many barns this guy has on his property, um, but I've I've seen him in several, and and there's typically things being thrown around the barn um, from behind doorways and you know in dark corners and up in a loft and um, mm-hmm. you know and this I've only seen the one and this and this guy you know he's he's constantly he never seems to have anybody with him it always seems to be filmed like from his uh, camera phone. And, you know, personally, if it were me, I'd, I'd have a team of guys going in there with me if, if there was really something in there. Um, and then heavily armed. Yeah. And, and, and when this thing does this, I was like, holy shit, man, you gotta be kidding me. What is this guy doing? You know, this has got, this has gotta be bullshit. And then just a couple of days ago, your your day or two ago, you send me that video and you're like, dude, that's exactly what I heard. And I was like, well, shit, is that, have, have, you know, have I been, <laughs> have I been discounting that? And, you know, it's, it's bizarre to be sure, but my God, you know, if, if you experience something and then you hear that and it, it like rocks your world, you, it shocks you into taking you right back to that same moment and, and understand mm-hmm. that's exactly what you heard. Um, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that now because I know it's weird. Like I, I can't say what I heard was Bigfoot. I can't say what he's videotaping is Bigfoot, but I can tell you that that's the sound I heard and whatever he's doing, something's throwing something. So I don't know. It's, you know, it's just something to think about. One of those things that make you go, Hmm. You know, and, and this, uh, this guy obviously being in some Russian territory or, or, or somewhere, relatively on that side of the world versus you mm-hmm. hearing this same thing in mid Michigan. Um, right. You know, somewhere, somewhere around the Muskegon area. Um, mm-hmm. That it, it kind of makes me wonder. It's like, okay, well, are we doing dealing with two of the same type of critter and, and do their, their vocal modulation. I mean, can, you know, right. Why, why would it be so, so similar to what you heard? I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. It was freaky. Cause it wasn't like just a bird at night or something. I mean, it was loud. It was freaky. We were both freaked. I actually haven't talked to her in a long time, but I'm sure she still remembers that too. Yeah. That was really weird. What other uh, what other types of things have you had go on? Well, um, so my youngest son, as he got older, we tried to 
you know, we had a little bonding moment. We'd go hunting. My buddy got us into it. And um, we finally settled. We're going to state land, this one spot. And every year I would go out about um, October and set up this deer blind, which is way off the road. So, I mean, you wouldn't be able to see it. But, um, and, uh, well, this uh, this is one thing I forgot to tell you before. But um, so one year we're going out there, walking out to the deer blind and, as we get up there, you know, it's dark. I mean, it's dark. You can't see anything except for your light. And uh, we get up to the blind, and as I'm getting closer, it's one of those dome ones, you know, where you you pull it out, and then you get inside it, and you pop the top up. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I start to walk up, I'm like, what is wrong with that thing? And we get up there, and I'm like, the top is pushed down, which is, you know, it could be nothing. But um, and it was full of ice, and I so I pushed it back up, and we got in there and waited for light and all that. And once it was light, I did walk around and I'm like, there's no log or anything on this. There's nothing fell on this to knock it down. I, I don't know. I just looking back, I thought, it, you know, after the other part, I looked back and I think, well, that's kind of weird. Like somebody was messing with their push down on the top, Yeah. which, you know, I could stand up in this thing. So, yeah, you kind of had to get in it and pull the strap down or, you know, kind of collapse the sides to do it. Anyways, might have been nothing. Maybe a raccoon fell on it. I don't know. But um, but um, it wasn't the same year. But my son got a little older, didn't really want to go out hunting anymore. Opening day came, and I thought, well, I'll just go out by myself. And that opening day was really foggy. I couldn't, gosh, I, I thought about this. I can't remember what year it was now. It was probably six or seven years ago. But um, So I parked my truck where I always do. And I grabbed my gun. I got my headlight. Um, and I start walking out. And that morning was exceptionally foggy. I probably couldn't see 10 feet in front of me, even with my light. And, uh, it was really foggy. I, I almost didn't go, but um, I knew once the sun came up, we'd probably kill the fog. So I started walking out in the woods, trying to be quiet, even though I had my light on. And I got quite a ways away from my truck. And this time I wasn't hunting with a blind. I was just, I had a, a game trail I knew of, and I was just going to walk past where I usually have my blind and sit my butt right on the game trail. And so I'm probably halfway out. And, uh, I hear what sounds like four fast, loud wood knocks. And I immediately stopped and faced that direction. And, you know, it was freaky. So I take my safety off my shotgun, unclip my holster of my 357, and I just kept looking. I'm looking like, is it a... I don't know, could it be a hunter trying to let me know he's there? I don't know. I'm trying to, you know, debunk it. And I turn my light off. I'm looking. Nobody's shining a light at me. I turn my light back on. I stood there for a little bit. I didn't hear anything else. Not a sound, not a crunch, nothing. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go to the trail because I'm not running for any reason. I'm not going to run away. And uh, my and I knew my truck was even if it was light, I wouldn't be able to see my truck. And I just 
slowly made my way to where I was going. I kept looking in that direction. And I got to the game trail, set up my little chair, and I sat facing in that direction. From where the sound and, was coming um, from? Yeah, yeah. And um, and the sun came up, and nothing else happened. Where was your brain at at this point in in in, in time as far as your your interest in Bigfoot? Well, you know, I always I always kind of believed that Bigfoot Bigfoot exists. You know, I've seen a few things. My my uh, youngest son and I would watch Finding Bigfoot. Yeah, you know, it's like almost entertainment. Sure, you know, just for entertainment. And because um, I thought, uh, I don't know, this. The screaming and the wood knocking was a bit much sometimes, but, um, but, you know, I really didn't have a vast knowledge other than what that show was portraying. And as soon as I heard that wood knock, it just like clicked. I'm like, Oh God, you know, what else could that be? You know, and I think when we, when you first started telling me about this, your, your description of the, the actual knock itself, um, mm-hmm. and I think, I think anybody who, who goes out into the woods and picks up a limb and swings it at the trunk of a tree will undo- undoubtedly <laughs> be extremely disappointed with, yeah. with the noise that it makes. Because like you said, typically the, the branch will break, um, anything and, that we can lift and, the tonal quality is not what you hear when, when you talk about mm-hmm. a, a substantive, uh, wood knock, a right. wood knock typically sounds much more like if you were taking two baseball bats, two hardwood baseball bats and clunking t- them together. That's what it sounded like. And you know, you just rarely are you going to find a tree that you can make that noise happen it, it just right you know um i'd been on a kayak trip on the huron manistee uh and we heard a, a, a wood knock and mm-hmm. a friend of mine went and picked up a pretty good size limb uh that had been dried for some time there was no bark left on it and he walked over to a tree and he whacked it. And I mean, he whacked it a good one. When he got done, he looked down at his hands and he was like, God damn, <laughs> you know, the, the vibration. <laughs> yeah. of, and, and it was nothing, nothing to compare to the, the distinctive thunk that you get when, when you hear a tree knock out in the, out in the wild. No, yeah, this was, it was crisp and loud. I always tell people, it sounded like if you took a Louisville slugger and hit a, a dead tree with no bark on it, you know, like, like kind of a crisp sound. I said, but if you've ever really hit something with a wooden bat, that hurts. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, you get a good, good hit on a baseball or you hit a telephone pole with it, you know, that hurts. Yeah. And I don't think I could replicate the volume of that or the speed of it. I mean, to, to get the volume and as fast as they were, I mean, it was knock, 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 knock. I, there's no way I could swing a bat that fast. I, and I know that, that I was a succession. huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I would probably break my hands. 
But yeah, it was just it was something I couldn't explain. Can I say it's Bigfoot? No. I mean, I know a friend of mine where he hunts, he, he has some trouble, some neighbors that give him trouble, they walk up and down the street banging pots and pans together to just give the hunters a hard time. And, you know, I thought. That's kind of a dick well, move. Some, <laughs> that is a really dick move. Yeah. I'm surprised that guy has not had his ass kicked. Yeah. But um, I thought, you know, could it be somebody like that? But I'm like, man, that's pretty stupid to be doing something like that with no light on, no orange on, not that I could see it. It was foggy. Um, but that's a pretty stupid move. You know, opening day of rifle season. Yeah. Go out there and do something stupid like that. I mean, I would never just shoot into the woods anyways, but I don't know. Yeah, don't it's know. a it's a unique sound I, for sure. And, you know, I, I've never oh, experienced yeah. uh other than that time in the in the Manistee Forest, I've I've not experienced that any other time. Um Mm-mm. but when you hear recordings of it there's times where you hear one here and there that have that same tonal quality. Mm-hmm. And, and when you hear that, it's like, Oh, now that was a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear other ones that, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know if these, these creatures have the, uh, the, the knowledge or the be able to determine which tree uh, creates a better sound, uh, you know, uh, what kind of log to hit against a specific tree to get that noise. But right. I, it, it kind of takes me back to uh, uh, a couple that I had on uh, some time back. The the guest and her husband, they had uh, vac- they vacation up in the Upper Peninsula of Mission quite a bit. And they, yeah. they walked up um, a hill to uh, uh, Outlook to look over uh, the lakes. And when they had gotten up to the top, the husband had, and he was in construction and I thought it was, I thought it was very unique and perceptive of him. He, where everybody was standing, looking at out at the lake and enjoying (laughs) the beauty of it. He was, he was captured by the sound of wood on wood clanking clanking around in the in the forest behind him mm-hmm. and he kept looking like looking for some kind of construction and I, I believe his wife asked you know what are you doing he's like i recognize that sound that, that's the sound of wood on wood you know that that, that sounds <laughs> it sounds like what you hear in a um in a you know a new home construction or something right and he's like there's there's nobody out there building anything it's it's all wood <laughs> So yeah, that noise is very, very distinctive. Oh yeah, yeah, that was it's a little freaky. I, uh, I wouldn't say I, I haven't gone back out because of that so much. I mean, it's kind of like I said, it was it was something I could do with my son, and it'd be a bonding experience. And I thought he might want to do it again, and he never did, so I never went back. But kind of relief too, because uh, upon meeting other people and talking. Because the the thing that got me in more into Bigfoot was because my girlfriend got me into podcasts, and I was like, "Hey, I wonder if there's any Bigfoot podcasts." Because I told her this story of the mm-hmm. Woodknock, and so I started looking, and it snowballed. Yeah, but um, that that area, I've had 
two guys that, well, one I know personally and one I met through a, a Facebook group have both had experiences out there. One had a sighting, a nighttime sighting. And the one who's a actual friend of mine, he's had some really strange experiences out in those woods. So woods are a weird place to be at night. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's, it's not a, I mean, I assume if you do it a lot, you get relatively comfortable with it, but mm -hmm. I don't know if, I don't know if it's an innate fear uh, from childhood or what, but you know, even as an adult being out in the woods at night in the dark, it's, it's creepy. It's easy to let your brain, you know, it's, it's easy to get stuck in your head and Oh yeah. You know, the un, um, what you can't see what's out there, you know? Yeah. You know, it's I, unnerving. I, I was sleeping under a tarp and, uh, my hammock had, uh, failed and miserably, uh, I talked about this in a different episode. It was just yeah. a night from hell. And the, the second night yeah. we set up a tarp and then actually just laid our, um, our kayaks, uh, upside down. And I slept on top of my kayak under this tarp oh, wow. just, just to get me up off the ground. Um, that's how, right. that's how terrible the, uh, the, the hammock that I purchased from Amazon, uh, oh, was, it was, it was horrendous. Um, <laughs> you know, and as I was laying there on this, on this, the, the backside of the kayak, <clears throat> you know, I heard something walking just outside, you know, and the tarp was, the tarp came down pretty low. I would say maybe there was, you know, like six or eight inches, um, between the, okay. gr the ground and the, and the edge of the tarp. And I was sitting up a little bit higher since I was on the, on the belly of that kayak. But I can remember mm -hmm. thinking that I was going to actually finally get a good night's sleep because the night before that was just an unbelievably brutal night. Um, Sounds like it. <clears throat> totally because of my ill preparation and, and not trying out any of my equipment before I went. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I assume whatever walked by was probably a raccoon or whatever, but you know, I heard this walking on the outside edge of the, uh, the tarp and it, it scared the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what the hell is that? You know? And, I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. it, it was either a squirrel or, uh, well, squirrels kind of scurry. This, this was a little more th slower and methodical walk, but definitely wasn't shaking the ground when it went by, but you know, even a <laughs> raccoon was like, great, I'm laying here eight inches off the ground and some raccoon's going to stick his head near and bite my face off. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, everything in the dark is, uh, uh, ultimately a lot scarier than what it is during the day. So, Oh yeah. A squirrel in the woods sounds like a deer walking, you know? Yeah. I, I thought one day a, a deer was walking up to the back of my blind sneak a peek and a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> and at night things that at night, that's yeah, it's a lot more amplified, I think. Yeah, and you're much more tuned in to everything around you as well. And, oh, yeah. and, we're, and I think another thing, somebody that doesn't go out into the woods often, um, you are so uh, predisposed to ambient noise, whether it be um, your furnace running in your house or, you know, something, 
mm. even just having electricity going through your house. You, you ever notice how deadly silent when you lose power? Oh yeah. You know, it, it's there, absolute silence. There's absolute silence and, and it's almost mm-hmm. deafening. So, you know, when you get out in the woods and that, that ambient noise that you're used to is now replaced by cracking of leaves and twigs and <laughs> little things scurrying on the forest floor. Um, I think it tends to make people a lot more hypersensitive to, uh, Oh yeah. To, to the noises out there. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I guess I'll, I'll bring this up. Um, and then we can, we can end this. Um, the one thing, you know, we talk about like we're both going to go to this uh, June event, the beginning of June, and the oh, yeah. year on Manistee, and there's supposed to be a lot of a lot of people out there uh, doing investigations and stuff like that on these creatures. And you know, the thing that has kind of struck me in in just this past couple of weeks, I've had uh, uh, one I saw posted on Facebook, uh, a previous guest. And the other, a previous guest who had just messaged me, um, and they're like, they're getting out of it. They're, they're like done. You know, one guy, one guy's selling uh, a ton of equipment, uh, night vision and uh, thermal, uh, imagers and trail cams and, and all kinds of stuff. I saw him post on Facebook, uh, about a week ago that he was, he was selling off a bunch of his equipment because he doesn't have anybody that, uh, uh, is willing to go out on expeditions with. And, you know, this other guy, um, he's been, a, I think in his words, self-proclaimed, uh, Bigfoot researcher. And we've had multiple mm-hmm. conversations and there's been times where he's actually even been out in the field where he has sent me pictures of, you know, strange tree breaks or, you know, possible, um, an area, an area he was, he was very, very close to the area in my episode two and three, that opening day episode. He oh, was, really? He was very close. Um, from where he said he was, he was within about a mile and a half from that area. Oh, wow. And, uh, he said he was seeing some it's a pretty typical sign of these things being in that area. And, you know, he was, uh, he was researching, researching it pretty heavy. And, uh, I just had a very recent conversation with him and he's like, you know, I, I think I'm, I think I'm getting out too much money invested, uh, too much time invested. And, you know, hmm. the experiences that he's had, Get out? He has not been fortunate enough to be able to um, provide any evidence by having captured it on video or audio or anything like that. It's all it's all things that he's experienced himself, but he hasn't been able to you know really capture. And you know, I, I it was just a, a text message mm. back and forth, but you could sense the guy's frustration with the the whole investing all that time and all that money into equipment and you know uh, you know not only that but you know you got camping equipment and you know you, you're taking time mm-hmm. off of work or you're you're traveling to a specific area to do your investigation all of it adds up and he 
he's just like, I think I'm done. It's like, I don't, I don't like the topic any less or, you know, I I don't believe any less, but, um, you know, and, and that's, Mm. you know, so when you start talking to, to people who, you know, basically fill a backpack worth worth of stuff that they have laying around the house and they're going to go out and investigate, you know, Bigfoot for the night, um, or the afternoon, um, you know, it kind of puts into, into perspective. And I guess I bring this up because, you know, all these people were going to the, uh, the Manistee and it's like, what chance do we really have? You know, you've, you've got people out there that are, are, you know, funded by, uh, good deals of money. You've got, I forget who it was and what show I saw that they basically got a Humvee um, that oh, is man. that is decked out with uh, the night vision, 360 degrees around the Humvee. Um, so oh that, wow! Yeah, and, I mean, we're talking a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment, you know, on wheels that are driving around doing investigation, and you know, nobody has that kind of money. <laughs> you know, we're, wow. it's uh, so you know it's. It's one of those things, you know, where your head lies as far as what is it you're trying to, are you trying to have a personal experience? You know, you can probably do that for not a lot of money, but if you're, if your intentions are to try to capture, uh, something on, on film or on audio, you know, there's, there's an investment mm-hmm. to be made. And, and, uh, you know, when I, when I heard this, it kind of shocked me, but then I was like, on the other hand, I'm surprised we don't hear about this more because yeah. because of the investment and uh, in both time and money. So. True. I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I'm 55 and I, I kind of want to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend, I'm really looking forward to the camp out. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It sounds like there's going to be a ton of good people out there, and uh, if nothing else. Uh, Hopefully there'll be some really good conversations and uh, a lot mm-hmm. of camaraderie. So hopefully, I think it'll be fun. I, I'm, I'm hoping, and I, I don't have any reason to believe that it would be. But you know, when you hear about the the divisiveness in the in the Bigfoot community as a whole, um, <laughs> it I, I do have a little bit of in the back of my head. It's like, man, I hope we don't run into that. You know, where you got. Um, this this group who hates this group and that group who thinks they're th- they're the only way to do things and they're laughing at everybody else who's doing it differently. Hopefully, it's just about a bunch of like-minded people out there for the same reason. So, uh, I hope so. Looking forward to it. All right, Alan, let's uh, let's wrap this one up. I appreciate you taking the time and doing this with me tonight. Thanks for having me. Been a pleasure talking with you. We'll meet up again soon. All right, bud. Thank you. Thank you. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. 
until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.